welcome to another Win Daily Show. My name is Michael Raziel. I've got my man Sia Najad with me. Sia, how you doing today, man? Michael, we get to talk golf again, and and it seems like we get to talk golf like sort of in perpetuity. I don't want to jinx it or anything, but I told you before, I I got a question to ask you right off the bat. Mm -hmm. I told you before, when we first met, I said, golf DFS is the best DFS. You got to experience it last weekend. You can tell me how it went, but was it as exciting as advertised? It was so much fun. Um, It was, it was, it was, it was weird in both ways. In one way, it was really fun because I won a bunch of money, 5X. So I'm not going to complain about that. Took home, I don't know, 50 bucks. Not Nothing too big, but it's kind of nice. Now my bankroll is all the way back up so I can start entering some more DFS leagues and, and maybe place a couple bets along the way. But it was fun because certain days I was doing really well. It was, it was fun because the certain days I was doing bad, I was like, all right, it's cool. I got another day left. It's fine. Like, we'll see what happens. And it was also not fun because at one point I had three lineups in the top 10 and I was just like, if it just ends here, I'm going to bring home a lot of money. But no, man, it was so much fun. It was an absolute blast. It was enjoyable because I got to watch most of the event too, which was awesome. As I told you, it was kind of frustrating in the morning, but we got around all that internet mumbo jumbo to allow us to watch the stream and do what we need to do there. So it was, it was an absolute blast. You're not lying. Thank you to you. Thank you to Patrick. Thank you so much to Steven. Uh, you guys were incredible. You're in the Discord for hours and hours and hours, helping everybody else out, including myself. I made, as I said, a bunch of money. Took home about 50 bucks. Again, I'm I'm happy about that, especially my first time playing. Had three lineups, all three cashed. At one point, I was in first place with one person that didn't make the cut. It was so close on that final day, but it didn't come down to it. But no, man, I appreciate you. Thank you. Everyone's in the Discord, by the way, free for seven days. Hop over there. All the articles that Sia wrote and Patrick wrote and Stephen wrote, they're all free as well. And we got more coming up. But you were not lying, my friend. It was an absolute blast. And I thank you for that. By the way, uh, this is something you probably don't know, because I don't know if you've been tracking it since Sunday. But the person who won the million dollars in the in the quote Millie Maker he didn't have Daniel Berger in his lineup, the winner. So it's very interesting. You know, obviously the rest of his lineup was stacked, but it's very interesting to just kind of know that out of the, you know, hundreds of thousands, I'm trying to remember off the top of my head, 190 or whatever it was, uh, you know, the guy who won didn't have Daniel Berger in his lineup. So I did though. I had Daniel Berger I did. because you told me to play Daniel Berger. So it kind of worked out pretty well for me. Not I, I, too angry about it. You know, I, this is me, me showing off time, uh, not so much of a humble brag, but in the Discord chat on Wednesday night, we were talking about, you know, uh, ownership percentages and things of that nature, things that are really kind of critical, you know, before Thursday morning, before uh, lineups lock. And I might have said in the Discord chat, I'm going to be more overweight on Daniel Berger and Rory Sabatini than basically anybody that's playing DFS this weekend. And that worked out for me really well. And honestly, I was I was one lineup away from actually winning a single entry, uh, the 100K Albatross. I was one person away. For some reason, I had Webb Simpson in, in there who I didn't really love last week. And instead of Sung J.M., who I did really love, if I had Sung J.M. in there, I would have won 10000 Instead, I won like a, you know 150 bucks or something. But hey. that's how it goes. Well, yeah, and you even on this show, if I'm not mistaken, said you weren't super high on Webb Simpson and you were very high on Sun JM. What are you, are you going against your own advice? See, you know, so that? so that's You're the thing. Us all this great advice, take it yourself, man. Well, so that's the thing. I, I had you know obviously several lineups. I'm not a guy that enters like 150 lineups or yeah. anything, but like <clears throat> I had you know greater than 20 lineups, and so 
in in my head, I, I guess I thought, look, let's diversify a little bit. But honestly, if I was going to diversify, I don't know that Webb was the play to do that because he was mm. going to be the highest owned player. And everybody knew that by Wednesday night. Frankly, everybody knew that by Tuesday night. But the point is, you're right. Uh, I mean, in, in my single entries in particular, there was no reason for me to have Webb because I wasn't touting him the entire week. Mm. I was touting guys like Morikawa, Sung J.M., Abraham Answer, but not Webb Simpson. And then here I am looking at my lineup and, you know, Webb Simpson's in there and he missed the cut. So, you know. Isn't that funny how that works? But I know you won a bunch of money elsewhere as well, right? I mean, you you placed a bunch of bets. You even had some corn fairy stuff going on. Did you have any LPGA stuff going on? <laughs> no. So I, I had Luke List uh, in the corn fairy tour, and, and he won. I had him as an outright. And the funny part is he was the favorite in that tournament, but the favorite – for whatever reason, Luke List was 25 to 1. Normally, when you have a favorite, you're mm-hmm. 7 yeah. to 1, maybe 12 to 1, something like that. He was 25 to 1. So I, I put 10 bucks on him and Sebastian Kaplan and a couple other guys that I think are pretty good and have um, some upside. And yeah, he won. And then I took starting Saturday, I took some matchups. And we've talked in Discord about how we're going to orchestrate that. But I took six matchups. I won five of them. The one that I lost, I think it was Furyk against Kisner on Saturday, and uh, Kisner lost by one stroke because Furyk went ham. But it was a great weekend. And honestly, I think a lot of the Discord, you know, a lot of our subscribers had really good weekends too. Yeah. You know, some had that Webb Simpson issue, and, um, you know, some had, you know, a John Rahm or, or something like that. But uh, overall, I thought it was a pretty successful weekend. I thought it was a blast. Yeah, a lot of the subscribers, a lot of the people coming to the site were very happy. You and I, we had a good time, as as we said, just kind of chatting with everybody, seeing what's going on and seeing how excited everyone was for that green grass back on their computer or their TV screen, which was absolutely wonderful. So he, let's let's start talking about, so last week was the Charles Schwab Challenge, um, and now we are moving into the RBC Heritage mm-hmm. uh, challenge tour whatever the hell you want to call it i don't know uh it should be a blast so it was really interesting you know listening to jim nance he, he called this a traveling bubble moving forward and so that's not usually how the pga tour works right like not every first off everybody shouldn't have been at this one this was apparently the biggest field the most stacked field the charles schwab challenge has ever seen and that's why again you know some of the people that have won it recently kind of they were pushed off to the back and not really where Kevin Nas specifically, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so w- with that, like how, and again, we're, we've never been in this situation before, so we really can't comment too much on it, but it, with moving forward to the RBC, what are you looking at in terms of what golfers did last weekend to see how you're going to start placing some of these bets to see how you want to start creating some of these lineups that take that, you know, again, that traveling bubble into effect. So, Okay, so first of all, this this track, so to speak, is much like last week's. There's a couple. There's, okay. there's maybe one like gr- big difference, and that's that the the fairways are really like. There's a lot of trees involved. There's a lot of you know. Last week there was a lot of people who were kind of like cutting corners and and just mm-hmm. like perfect tee shots, and they're bending it, and you know that the Brysons and the Bubba Watsons and whatnot, but. This course, you can try that, but you you might not get away with it if it's if it's an errant tee shot. Whereas last week, you probably, depending on your angles, could have gotten away with it. So, it's basically the same course though, outside of that. And what I mean by that is, you know, being good off the tee is kind of important, but your approach shot, your second shot to get it on these like small greens, and these greens are actually smaller than they were last week, which were already kind of small. So 
you really have to have an amazing iron game. You don't have to be super long. I guess it would help you if you're long, but it, it's not imperative. And then you got to get hot with the putter. Uh, and so that's, you know, that goes for any tournament, really. Um, the the greens here are different than, you know, last week's greens. So th- there's that. But no, essentially, as far as last week, it's a nice little sample size. I mean, there's some information I'm going to take from last week, but I'm not going to invest too much into it. There are going to be guys that were bad last week that I'm going to continue to play this week because mm. um, I just think the sample size is too small. Yeah, it's, of course, it's been one event. You know, a lot of people had to shake the rust off. I mean, as we saw, how many people missed a putt on 18? That would have put them to, I think, Justin Rose, uh, Bryson DeChambeau, and I think somebody else. They all had the chance to go to minus 15. They all missed that last putt, and then there's the two-man playoff. And Shoffley screwed up on 17, I think. So that was, it was yeah, exactly end to the tournament, man. That was so much fun. I think it was Bryson and Xander both screwed up on 17. And then Morikawa had a short putt that he screwed up. He had uh, effectively, he had two putts ultimately, I should say. But uh, yeah, he, you know, Morikawa of all guys, he's not really a great putter necessarily. He's not really great around the green either, but that's not a guy that you would expect to sort of choke. And that kind of happened to him. So it's, Mm -hmm. it's, it's going to be interesting to see how he rebounds this week. I'm personally not on him this week. Um, I love him. I've, I mean, I've, I'm literally like on him every week, one way or yeah. the other. But this week, I'll, I'll have some shares of him, but I'll, I'll be much lower this week than last week. I just think there's other guys to take. And I think, you know, that putt, I think, is going to be in his head a little bit. He is a young kid at mm-hmm. the end of the day. And I don't think he's going to flail this week. But I just think just psychologically, there's just enough for me to maybe justify moving off of him and taking somebody else. Yeah. And, and again, it's, it's such a weird situation because everyone's essentially just traveling together. It's a traveling circus. It's a traveling bubble, as Jim Nance said. And you're all you're around these people, the same people. And, you know, seeing those same faces and seeing, you know, Daniel Berger, I'm sure he's not going to have the fondest of memories. He's probably going to have a couple nightmares. It was so sad. And that was the other thing. It was fun to be in the discord to see everybody when that playoff started. Everyone's rooting for Morikawa. And then you, everybody just immediately gets deflated after he misses that putt. Which and it was a weird playoff too. They both hit it. They neither of them hit the green. They all they're all in the rough and they're got to get back on. But man, it was so much fun to watch that. And I'm very very excited for this coming week. So you say you're not too hard on Morikawa. I mean, one thing I will say, and and you repeated, I think last week he this past tournament was 24 cuts in a row, 23 cuts in a row, 21. It was I believe okay. it's 20. He's at 21 right all now. Right, so. Maybe 22. Very good shot of 22, of course, but I understand where you're coming from. So who who are you looking at? What what are you looking to do this tournament? And, you know, as you said, a lot of the same guys, but not quite this exact same. So, like, who are you looking at that you really are, you think is going to be low-owned that's going to have that huge, huge value play for you where you can kind of jump the field a little bit? So I'll, I'll kind of go down the list. You know, uh, there are going to be some guys that, that are kind of like what what we call chalky, obviously. Mm-hmm. And then there's going to be some guys, especially sort of down the way, that are going to be um, the less than five percent guys that you really yeah. kind of want in those bigger GPPs. At the top, you know, it's it's a lot of the same. And you kind of reference this, like all the good players are playing. I mean, with the exception mm-hmm. of Tiger Woods and maybe Patrick Cantley, I'm trying to think off the top of my head. Those those are the two main guys. You know, Hideki is back in this tournament, so mm-hmm. this is a, effectively a major outside of the fact that Tiger and you know Patrick Cantley aren't here. Yeah. So, you know, you were talking about course history and things of that nature. Like, you know, if a guy finished the last three years, for example, if a guy finished like 30th and like 27th, normally I'd be like, oh, that's pretty good. He made two cuts in a row. It looks like he, you know, he was near the top 20. That doesn't mean anything anymore. Mm-hmm. Now, if that same person finished top 10 or top 15, then maybe I can extrapolate a little bit just from the, if we're talking course history. Obviously, there's other things to analyze, strokes gained and things of that nature. But so at the top, I mean, it's, it's really, you're going to have a hard time deciding between 
Rory, Justin, uh, Bryson, and John Rahm. I'll tell you, I'll probably uh, of those four, um, and I'll build. I'll start building my lineups. Actually, probably starting in the nine thousand range in a lot of GPPs. Mm-hmm. But some, I would say, fifty percent of my lineups will have one of those four, or I should say, one of those five or six guys in the ten thousand and above range. I'll start probably with Justin Thomas. And then I would probably go Rory and Rom. And the reason I mentioned Rom third is because he's going to be the lowest owned of all those guys. So even though I probably like Xander a little bit better than Rom this week, just from a pure GPP value play, mm-hmm. I think Rom is probably the better pivot there. Um, but all those guys, with the exception of Rom at the top, all six of those guys are going to be pretty chalky. And honestly, when you go down to Sung JM, who was also automatic, much like Morikawa, his his ownership projection right now is also like really, really high. So if you're going to take any of those guys, it's fine. You just have to know that you're going to have to find ownership leverage other places. And honestly, that's sort of how it is at the top for most tournaments. So no yeah. big deal. As far as guys I actually like, like I said, I like Justin Thomas. I like Sung JM. Um, and by the way, um, we already have a couple articles on, uh, you know, windailysports.com and we have two or no, I should say three or four more coming out before Ooh. Thursday, including owner, you know, projected ownership, um, uh, Sicily kids model, Patrick's, picks now patrick had an article out today but he has more he has actual picks coming out in his player pool so does sicily kid so we actually have a lot coming what what i'm doing right now is more of just like a a preview of what i've already scanned but my stuff as you know gets developed as the you know through the discord chat and, and things of that nature which again is free for the next what seven days you said seven days i think i think it's three but i keep telling everyone seven so jason eventually is just gonna have to make a seven i think that's the way i'm gonna play that card well, so well if it's three there. if it's three then that's perfect because it yep. takes you to thursday morning so just log in i mean just it's exactly. really not that hard it would literally take you what 30 to 40 seconds maybe to, to create a username and a password so if that yeah and you get everything though it's not just pga if you're looking to play a little lol we have our good friend jim thompson not coming on tonight might come on thursday he's gonna help you win a lot of money because i think he was at like 10 of 11 at one point in takedowns over there uh if you want kbo we have ghost and rocker if you want csgo we have ghost over there so we have a lot of stuff going on but i'm sorry i too much of a plug on my side sorry about that see ya no, that's good. So listen, so then we have Webb Simpson, which is really interesting because he was pretty terrible. Actually, I shouldn't say that. Friday, he was okay. Thursday, he was very bad. And he mm-hmm. was the most owned guy, you know, in DFS golf last week. Wow. Okay. Really? Yeah, really. And Damn. so, you know, it's it's weird. The perception of Webb Simpson, I think, is a little off right now, to be honest with you. I think people are sort of, you know, they're looking at his his, met- his metrics, his strokes gained approach. You know, you know he won what was it? The waste management and his stats look really good, but Mm -hmm. frankly, he hasn't had a lot of starts in the year. He has like six starts. I think he's made five out of six cuts. The one he missed was actually this last weekend. Mm -hmm. But if you look at the other players near him, those players have a much bigger sample size on the year versus Webb Simpson. So I think his stats are a little kind of skewed just by virtue of the, the, the lesser sample size, but he it's interesting projected ownership. He's, he's the highest again right now. Because partly because people like him, if they liked him last week on that track, they're going to like him on this track. And also because his price has gone down. He's 9,000, which is, you know, it's a pretty reasonable number for a guy that you thought was going to win last week, potentially, or or thought was going to be your best guy in DFS last week. So I'm off him again. Um, Just from an ownership standpoint, I'm not really that interested. And frankly, up against the field that we have, I'm not going to, I don't have this imagery of Webb Simpson that he is something that he's not. And I just don't think he's in the echelon of Rory, Justin Thomas. Yes, he's a better course fit than those guys, but he's just not as talented as those guys. And I, the, the course fit narrative is very helpful 
But when you when you're talking about, you know, guys like Rory and Justin Thomas, who are very, very good with their irons and can gauge down from their driver to to an iron or even guys like Gary Woodland, I like better than than um, Webb Simpson Mm -hmm. this week. So uh, I'm off Webb Simpson. I'll just go through the eight thousand dollar range before we pick up with the seven. Um, Berger is interesting. He's priced up a lot because he's priced up a lot. He's not going to be that owned because, frankly, Mm -hmm. he's not that big of a name. So it's interesting that you could actually play Daniel Berger and that would be a contrarian play this week because his ownership is going to be probably in the, I'm guessing the eight to 10% range, but probably Mm -hmm. closer to the 8% part. So of all those people that I've already mentioned that are in that 11,000 all the way tracking down to let's say Gary Woodland or even Matt Kuchar or Tony Fee now in the low eight, eight thousands, Daniel Berger might be the lowest owned guy. So that's just a very interesting, you know, thing coming off a win. And by by the way, it's not like it was a random win. Daniel Berger was red hot before the pandemic. Mm -hmm. He was not red hot a couple of years before because he had a wrist injury, but he showed very, very good potential in 2015, 2016. And now here he is healthy and he's kind of like running the show right now. He's like surprising a lot of people, but you know, it shouldn't be a surprise at this point, I guess is the point I'm making. So just as a contrarian play, I kind of like Berger. I mean, he's, he's a little overpriced, but again, that's, that's part of what being a contrarian play is you, you, a guy, you know, is, you know, people are going to look at him and be like, Oh, he's overpriced. Let me move off to a guy I'm more comfortable with like a Webb Simpson, for example. Yeah. So going down the list a little bit, I, I won't touch on Patrick Reed too much. I mean, I, I love Patrick Reed. His approach game is solid. It's not great. Uh, he's, you know, pretty solid off the tee. I liked what he did last week. He had a couple holes that were really bad and he rebounded and, and he strung together, you know, four pretty good rounds. Um, I'll probably have him as an outright too, because I've won a, a lot of money off Patrick Reed. Spieth, I'm totally off. I'm completely off Spieth. He had a, he had a good weekend last weekend. Yeah. I wasn't on him. So, you know, that's so it goes. Yeah. But I think Spieth is going to find more trouble uh, this weekend than he did last weekend with with trees and errant, you know, drives and, and things of that nature. So he'll probably be a little popular, but I'm off him. We go down the list, Brooks Kepka, Dustin Johnson, Gary Woodland, Matt Kuchar, Tony Finau, Ricky Fowler. Only guys I'm really interested in, in there are Gary Woodland and maybe Dustin Johnson, just because he's so low priced. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you get down to Abraham answer at 8,000. I'm a big fan of Abraham answer. Yeah, I was yes, pretty overweight are. on him last week. So yes, I uh, was. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So I'll be on him again this week for sure. I love it, man. And yeah, I'm just very, very excited because again, like th- this is never playing DFS golf, getting this opportunity, making a bunch of money, hopefully going to do it again with your help, Sicily Kid, Patrick, all your guys' help. The subs, they're even in there just trying to help out when they can, which is always fun too. And yeah. And so I guess, um, you know, with with this new course, as you said, it's going to be a lot of the same, a little bit different. Really now we're just going to be paying attention to price and seeing, you know, as we said, Daniel Berger, his price has to go up because he just won last week. That's mm-hmm. just, I guess that's almost an inevitability. So it's mm-hmm. really interesting that you say that he's most likely going to be overweight, even though he, or I'm sorry, he's going to be under uh, undervalued. So mm-hmm. there's not going to be too many people with him. So he's a contrarian play, even though he just won last week. How like shares wise, you know, let's say you're making 10 lineups. How many lineups are you going to try and stick him in knowing that he's a little more expensive now? But he just won last week and can absolutely, if he stays on fire, he's just going to do it again this week. Yeah. So if I'm doing 10 lineups, and again, I think he's going to be in the 8 to 10% range. Mm-hmm. Um, again, closer to 8. If I'm doing 10 lineups, me personally, I'm probably going to have three with Berger. Um, okay. and, you know, I, and, and so that's you know probably technically, obviously, a little overweight. But yeah. I'm not gonna, it's not going to be half my lineups. Mm-hmm. Because I would agree with the sentiment that he is overpriced to some degree. But I've seen his upside, not just last weekend, but in before the pandemic 
happen. So I think Berger can compete with most of these guys up top. And I'm frankly not so sure that the guys at the very, very top are going to have great, great days because, again, course fit, they could win it, of course. But like mm. there, there's guys below them that might be, you know, just as good of a fit, I should say, for the course as some of these yeah. like top, top, top guys. So that's why I think guys like Berger or Patrick Reed or, yeah, even a Webb Simpson or, or you know, a Justin Rose can play with these guys, particularly on this track. Mm -hmm. And one thing that was really interesting this past weekend, you know, obviously Jordan Spieth looked really, really good, went into that last day, kind of fell off. Rory wasn't like quite near the top, but he had a terrible, terrible last day. I mean, with some of these guys, is it is it probably just going to be the same thing? Like you're you're not, you know, again, not going to spend too much money on these guys understanding. I know you said you're off Spieth and I apologize if you already talked too much about Rory and I just completely missed it. But like with, with seeing something like that, does that encourage you to say hey now he's gonna he's gonna be less owned because he had such an awful sunday and that's when the most eyeballs were there or is that discourage you because he had such a terrible sunday and that's when the most eyeballs were there so two things one is just from a ownership standpoint what what we're seeing right now is that he's probably in that 16 to 18 percent range so he's still a pretty popular guy like that that's that's up there i mean you're not going to see much over 20 percent. so 16 8 percent that, that's i guess considered chalky but to your to your main question, if somebody has a bad Sunday or a bad Saturday and Sunday, honestly, I will wait that just personally. I'll just wait. I'll wait that a little bit. But if that somebody is somebody like Roy McElroy, I'm really not that concerned about it okay. because I've seen just within tournaments. I mean, obviously, you see anybody do this, but I've seen Rory go from just complete garbage to sizzling hot the next day. So if anything, I think for Rory, a Sunday like that would probably motivate him because he's a little embarrassed. And again, he's the most talented golfer in the world. So there's no reason to think there's no reason to think that he can't win the tournament. Let's put it that way. For me, I'll probably have a couple shares of him. I'm not going to be heavy on him at all. Um, again, 10 lineups, I'll probably have two shares, 20% of Rory, and then maybe 20% of Justin Thomas, maybe 10% of a John Rahm, and then the other 50% of my lineups, I'll probably start in that Sung JM down range, mm -hmm. 9,700 down. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that makes sense. That makes sense. Again, you know, Sung JM was fantastic. Uh, he didn't make like, he he was around, it felt like the whole weekend. Didn't really see like, it seemed like he was going to win or anything, but at least he was around the whole time, which I thought was a lot of fun to see. Obviously, I had him in a couple lineups, which was nice. Thank you to Sia for that one. Um, a couple other people last week, and you promised me Harold Varner would not win. That came <laughs> true, but I'm not going to lie on Saturday when he was tied, you know, at the end of the round, when he was like tied for second or something, I almost texted you like, you promised me, see, you promised me. He obviously fell off on Sunday, but awesome showing by him. Really appreciate what he did just in general for humanity. I thought was really cool. Again, got mm -hmm. some pretty sweet Jordans out of it too. Not too bad, but <laughs> I mean, with that being considered, were there a couple guys that you saw Justin Rose as well? If I'm not mistaken, you were, you were off him last week. Were there a couple mm -hmm. guys that you really saw last week that maybe this is their time. Maybe with everyone else rusty, they weren't like, like anyone like that, that kind of comes to mind that you saw last weekend that you're maybe going to dabble a little bit in this upcoming weekend. Yeah. You said it. I mean, the, the first name that comes to mind is Justin Rose. He was really good last week. He looked really comfortable. So yep. he, he went through, okay. So first of all, <laughs> the beginning of this year, he was, he was like really bad. Like if you look at his strokes gain metrics, like even now, like they're terrible he had an equipment, you know, change, I guess, during the pandemic. He went back to his old clubs and now he's sort of caught fire. So th this is one of those things where like 
a pandemic where you have mm. like three months of downtime can help a Jordan Spieth, can help a Justin Rose, probably doesn't really help a Hideki Matsuyama or, you know, something like a Dustin Johnson. Cause I honestly, Dustin Johnson, like, I don't think he's the guy that like practices and grinds during the pandemic. I think his practice was last week's tournament. I genuinely yeah. kind of yeah, think that, that crappy one we all had to watch. Yeah. Yeah, which, by the way, kind of leads me to believe that he's really valuable at 8,500 because I'm no Dustin Johnson fan, but I know that he is not the personality type like a Sung J.M. who was out there every day during the pandemic or a Jordan Spieth trying to get his mental and physical game right. So knowing that he got, you know, some rounds under his belt, I'm kind of thinking, all right, well, would it surprise me if Dustin Johnson is in the top five on Sunday coming down, you know, the last few holes? Not not really. So at 8,500, you know, there he's worthy of a, of a few of a few shares for sure yeah, absolutely and we actually got a question from our friend zach at prb puck picks i know we spoke a little bit about morikawa but he wants to know is he coming out firing after missing that three footer that we all saw and we're all devastated by do you think he's just coming out just hot as all hell no and yes he's always hot he is he's i mean he's automatic i mean yeah. he's automatic with his irons he's gonna he's going to put his tee shot in the right place. He's going to put his iron probably on the green. The only difference with Morikawa here is he's not very good at scrambling. So when you see that uh, ARG metric around the greens, like it, he's not really good there. So because these greens are really small, he, even though he is automatic, he is way more likely to miss the greens, you know, this time around, especially mm -hmm. if, if we get some wind, which it doesn't look like that's going to be a huge factor, but it'll be some factor at some point in the tournament. So knowing that it's around the green game, isn't really developed yet. He, I'm more inclined to think that, you know, when he misses those greens, he's going to have some catching up to do relative to the field. And that's why that's one of the reasons I don't like him. I, talk, mm. I talked about the missed putt and how that yeah. might get in his head. But no, I think he's going to be fine all tournament, but I don't think he's going to be good enough to to take. I, I, I'm mm -hmm. I don't want to say it's a complete fade. I might have 10 percent Morikawa at best. And right. otherwise, no, no, thank you on this one. But I'm a huge Morikawa fan. I will have him in the future for sure. Yeah, it was a lot of fun watching him. And as you said, like you see him and you're like, that is a 23 year old. And then you hear him talk. You're like, no, nah, that dude's like 35. Like what's exactly. going on? There's something about him, which was really cool. And one thing, I mean, most of my lineups were one because I had Abraham answer. I had um, in my one lineup, my highest lineup, I think I made it up to fourth place. I had answer. I had burger and I had Morikawa and it was pretty much lights out at that point, which is fantastic. And answer is coming in at 8,000, but it's really it's those dudes that are under 8,000. That's where Sicily kid makes his bread. That's where you, that's where you butter it. And that's mm -hmm. where Patrick makes sure that we're all enjoying it. Right. So under, under that 8,000 number, who are the guys within that seven, like that under 8k range that are going to be either low owned or just have a super amount of value that we can really take advantage of that price and really run with it for this tournament. So I'll go down a list of guys that, that, I liked from both standpoints, low ownership. So, you know, ownership mm -hmm. leverage and guys that I just generally like for this course and that I think are, are, are going to be good uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Mm -hmm. um, I say all four days because I expect these guys to make the cut. Of course, um, Shane Lowry is in the leverage position. He was pretty weak last weekend. You know, he missed the cut, um, but he has talent. He has plenty of upside. He's going to be under 5% owned. So mm -hmm. if you're looking for a pivot play, it's a risky one, by the way, but if you're looking for a pivot play, I like Shane Lowry as a pivot, but he's certainly not in my core group of players. Okay. Like that's not a thing, but going down Kevin Kisner and Joel Damon, I like kind of, kind of a lot. I think Kisner is going to be pretty chalky. I think everybody knows this is a good course fit for him. He's been successful on tracks like this before, obviously, and he's been good. He's just been pretty good lately. So mm -hmm. I think Kisner's going to be a little chalky, but he's... 
a very solid player. Again, if you play the chalky guys, just find leverage somewhere else. It's really not that hard to find ownership leverage because with so many good players, you have some players that are kind of like, you know, needles in a haystack that you can pick. Like last week, for example, um, Cabrera Bayo was one mm-hmm. of mine. Uh, Roy Sabatini was one of mine. He'll be a little bit more chalky this time. But um, I had a few guys that were under, you know, 5%, 2%, and that's, that's where you find your leverage. So um, Harris English I actually like a lot because – he was super chalky and popular last week, and he burned everyone. And what we're seeing from an ownership standpoint is that people are off of him. And that's pretty explainable if you think about it, because Harris English, while he was hot before the pandemic, he's not a household name. So if it's a household name like a Webb Simpson, for example, that busts, you're more prone to go back to him the next tournament because you're like, well, it's Webb Simpson. Like, he's good. Yeah. I know he's good. Well, the people who got sort of like talked into Harris English last week, I think half of them were kind of like, uh, who's Harris English again? Yeah, you know they I weren't really that. sure. Like what? What Harris English? I think he's good. I think I heard about him. But so now that he he let them down, they're not going to go back to this guy that they like half heard of, you know, before. So I actually like Harris English a lot. I think last week was kind of an anomaly for him. He's certainly not an elite player by any means, but his strokes gain metrics are very good. He's good on approach. Like all all the stats check out. And he was very hot before the pandemic. So at seventy three hundred, it seems like a pretty good value there. Mm-hmm. Going down the line, I kind of like Sergio. Um, I don't normally like Sergio, but I, I like Sergio this week. Adam Hadwin, I told you on the podcast, on the live stream last week, he was mispriced. I, I, it turned out I, Windale, the, the Wind Daily team was right about that. Um, I think he's kind of mispriced again. In fact, mm-hmm. I kind of have, I, I kind of think he's a good outright, but he's priced at 7,300 on DraftKings. Um, you know, he's low on FanDuel, of course, too. So uh, a couple contrarian plays, that, a few contrarian plays that I really like in the 7K range. Scott Piercy. At 7,100 last year, he was third. The year before, he was 16th. And again, you know, course history isn't really yeah. a huge factor. But when you're finishing third and 16th, that's pretty good. So if you if you add the the, the 15 to 20 players that were injected into this field that weren't in the field last week that are really elite, well, that still puts him in the top 25 with some upside. And at 7,100, you know, that's obviously um, that's obviously really solid. That's His that's ownerships. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, so his ownership's probably going to be in the two to three percent range, um, probably closer to two percent, to be honest with you. So, talk about a contrarian play that's comfortable on this track. Uh, I like Piercy. Max Homa is a guy who really let me down. I only mm-hmm. had a couple in the Million Maker because I tend to play the single entry or the three max or the twenty max tournaments or the cash games. So I just for fun, you know, I throw a couple. Um, I had five out of six in with a lot of good players in that five, mm-hmm. and Max Homa was my sixth. He bogeyed his last hole, and he missed the cut by one shot. So that was super unfortunate. I still think he's really talented. I still think he has plenty of upside. He was very good before the pandemic, so I'll go ahead and take a few shots on him. And then the last guy in the 7K range I like, who's also been good on this track, um, but missed the cut last week, so he will be in that 2 to 3% range, is Danny Lee. Danny Lee, I love it. Yeah, Max Homa, I mean – that I that my best lineup. I had two lineups that were one was in the top four. I had fourth place, and the other was I think twelfth. They both had Max Homa missing the cut, and that obviously the fourth place one. I was only like twenty points back from the guy who won. If I just had anybody that made the cut, mm-hmm. easily taken that one down. That's a good screenshot for the Win Daily fam right there. But it should be a blast. But no man, thank you so much. Very excited to uh, tomorrow, especially. Put in a couple more lineups. Again, everybody come over to the Discord. Hang out. If it's free for three days, it'll be free for seven days when I convince Jason. Don't worry, everybody. But it's free (laughs) for three days. So you get it. You know, I would even say, you know what? Here, I'm going to give a little inside information. Wait till tomorrow. Sign up tomorrow. You get Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. So you can enjoy some of the sweat with with us too. That's always fun. But Wednesday night, we will be in that Discord. Sia will be there. Patrick will be there. Steven will be there. And we are going to be making lineups. We're going to be 
talking to each other, what makes sense, what doesn't, and we're going to be putting stuff in and I am going to be making more money and I'm very excited for it. So very excited for that. Sia. we really appreciate you and some bets too. You had some bets that when that was great. I mean, we're, we're bringing on some friends in a couple minutes. I know they put on some bets too. So yeah, man, I I'm very excited. Second one in a row. I'm going to watch as much of this golf tournament as I can. So, so two things. Um, one, because we, we're talking about a lot of um, matchup plays this week because I was pretty successful last week. So we're going to be talking about that in the Discord chat. We're going to be developing that. You know, a lot of those plays happen Saturday and Sunday for me as opposed yeah. to Thursday, Friday, just for my own purposes in terms of like identifying value and things of that nature. So stay tuned for that. And we have some outright picks to, to those people that will be sports betting. Again, that's going to be more discussed on, uh, we'll have articles in the future, but that'll be more discussed uh, on discord. One last thing I just did want to say real quick, and I'm not going to talk about these guys, but I do want to point them out. Um, sub seven K range, a few guys that I like, and again, don't forget Sicily kid and, mm-hmm. and uh, Patrick are going to have way more info in this regard. But uh, I, I personally like uh Nate Smith, doc Redman, Cameron Tringall, or Tringali, I should say, um, 6,400. I mean, he's that's bottom barrel. Ooh. Kyle Stanley at 6,200. Stuart Sink, I, I believe, is 6,200 as well. Those are all bottom, bottom barrel guys if you absolutely need to reach for somebody like that. But um, there's some guys in that sub-7K range that are actually, actually pretty decent. So we'll talk about Absolutely. that more as the week goes. As the week goes, check out the articles. Everything is free on windellysports.com, and we appreciate everybody out there. And right now, we're going to switch gears a little bit. We talked a half an hour about golf, Sia. You are going to be in your Sorry. Garden. No, it's perfect. These next couple Tuesdays, it's all, it's all the only thing we have to talk about. So I think it's going to be fun. But something is back. The English Premier League. Now, we are not soccer guys. Everything we know comes from our friend Rich Masana, who will be coming on in a second, and I'm very excited about that. But what I have learned very recently is that we've actually been watching like the worst of uh, European soccer through Bundesliga, and the EPL is going to be coming back, and we actually get to watch real soccer. Not my words. I don't know whose words they are, but definitely not my words. So we're going to be bringing on our friends Rich Masana um, and our other buddy Austin. Austin, what's your last name? I actually don't even know. Uh, Last name's Harmon. Oh, Austin Harmon. Look at that. Well, thank you so much. We have Rich Pisano. We have Austin Harmon with us. These are our two resident soccer writers. Uh, We got a really packed screen here for anyone watching, so I hope everyone enjoys it. You only can see mine and see his names. But gentlemen, uh, Austin, we'll start with you. I guess uh, A comes first. How are you tonight, man? Um, Doing great. Just got home. Barely made it home on gas, so we're doing fantastic. I would like to follow up on the Morikawa play. Uh, If you were following along in the Discord, that was probably the most heartbreaking thing for me. That was a $1,200 missed three-footer. Yikes. Uh, you, uh, you know what? I knew we had a guy in the Discord. Ch- uh, to be honest with you, I, I didn't know that was you. Yeah. Oh, my unfortunately, gosh. They just kept playing it over and over again on Monday, and mm. it was unfortunate to watch. But, hey, it's golf, and it's the beauty in it. So. Oh, buddy. So sorry wow. to hear that, man. That's a, that's a, that's a nice, nice dinner out, I, I would have to say that. And uh, Rich, did you lose $1,200 this weekend by any chance? No, I did pretty well. Um, you know, I think pretty much every parlay hit. Look at that. All right, Austin. Sounds like we know where to go uh, for our bets coming up. We're going to be going to Rich. But no, we, thank you both very much for coming on. I know you were both very excited to do this because the EPL is back. Um, Rich, I see you are in a jersey of some sort. Austin, I can't tell if you are in a jersey or not. Yes, it looks like a jersey to me. Um, so obviously, we're very excited. We have the English Premier League coming back. We know FanDuel, we know DraftKings is going to be having a lot of money on the line for all of these tournaments. And I know we have a boatload of games coming up. We have games. It feels like every single day of the week, if not a showdown slate, we have a two-game slate in some capacity. So, um, Rich, we'll start with you. What are you most excited about just for the EPL coming back? 
Well, one thing I, I do want to clarify is we haven't been watching the worst of soccer. Okay, but, all right. You know, let's be real here. I mean, you know, Bundesliga is one of the top five leagues in Europe. You know, it's not like watching Turkey or Belarus or, or something, you know, some Bush League. I mean, obviously some good teams like Dortmund and Bayern Munich. Um, what am I excited for with EPL? Uh, you know, I think the broadcast is having, you know, the direct right off the bat this I mean, you know, as, as we sort of mentioned, Fox Sports definitely dropped the ball uh, with the Bundesliga. So they have actual, you know, game analysis. And, you know, I mean, that, I mean that's going to bring back, you know, a lot, I think, you know, get people into it. Um, you know, when someone gets hurt or something, now we know. We'll have an on-the-field report. Like, I remember that first week, uh, Gio Reyna came in, you know, five minutes. I, f- I forget. Who was it? Uh, who got hurt again? I forget. But Sancho. It was Jaden Sancho. Yeah. yeah so. Sancho, yeah. Yeah, it's just absolutely terrible. Um, but, yeah, you know, um, we don't have much of a title race, unfortunately. Um, but we do have Champions League up for grabs. So that's going to be cool. And a relegation as well. Um, you know, it looks like Aston Villa probably, uh, you know, they're, they're goners basically. But, you know, we'll see what happens with the other two spots. We will see. It should be a lot of fun. And that's the cool thing, right? Like, there's, you know, the, the, the title essentially is wrapped up. But you have this other thing to fight for, which – kind of equates to like millions and millions and millions of dollars if you drop out of the the EPL. So it is very important for those teams on the bottom. Austin, what about you, man? What are you, are you, you already wrote the article for tomorrow. So I yeah, hope everyone um, goes over to check it out. I'm extremely excited. Uh, it's it's finally nice to see the league that I, I love the most back on. Um, the Bundesliga is great. Let's we can't we can't really talk too bad about them with Bayern Munich potentially possibly winning the Champions League this year. Um, I gotta say that they've easily been the favorites. Um, Real Madrid aren't there this year. Barcelona are up there, but it's I, it's probably leaning Bayern Munich's way. If I think Rich would agree. Um, they didn't put on the strongest of performances today, but that's definitely a team that you got to really look out for. Um, yeah, but back to the Premier League, I think that it's great. We got Liverpool have got this all but wrapped up. Um, you basically need an absolute miracle for them not to win this league. Um, but with Manchester City possibly facing a Champions League ban, those other three spots are still up for grab. And that leaves teams like Sheffield United, who play tomorrow, possibly in this race. And that's really exciting for a team that I potentially had relegated this year. Uh, going into this, I had them probably sitting 14th or 15th going into the year. I really didn't think that they had much offensive firepower. And they really don't, but their defensive aspects are really good. So it's really exciting to see teams like that play. It's it's very exciting, and and I'm sorry for for poo pooing the Bundesliga guys. I didn't mean to uh, get under <laughs> your skin that much. I mean, if if it's yeah, top five league in Europe, but like, I mean, if it's the fifth of five, like, all right, the EPL is one of five. That's what I want to watch. I'm not being a soccer fan. I'm just kind of trying to back. The competition really drops off as far as top to bottom goes. Yeah. I think yeah. I think anyone would agree that probably top to bottom, the EPL is by far the best league. Um, then we get into team player leagues like La Liga and you see kind of the top four are just great. You've mm-hmm. got Sevilla, you've got Atletico Madrid, Real Madrid, Barcelona, and then there's kind of a real drop off. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't happens. think that the bottom 10 can really compete in La Liga if the bottom 10 in Premier League. You know, I really think it's interesting after La Liga because, um, you know, you could make an argument to Bundesliga's up next. You know, the strength of having a team like Bayern Munich, I mean, by, by comparison, I think uh, Juventus is an absolute joke. Yeah, all right. Jeez, Rich is, Rich is firing bullets tonight. All right, let's let's talk about let's talk about 
the EPL. We have a couple games. We have a game. We have two games tomorrow, correct? And then we have two games Friday. And then I think we have like four on Saturday and five on Sunday or something like that. So we got a bunch of games coming up. It's going to be an absolute blast. Austin, let's start with you. You did write the article already. Again, free on windailysports.com if you want to win some money because that's what Austin does. So pay attention to CF for golf as uh, you know, you've kind of heard up to this point and, and Austin will, will, will let you take on soccer. No more $1,200 losses for you there, man. <laughs> talk to me, talk to me, man. What are we looking at tomorrow? Who's playing? Who am I playing in my lineups and, and how am I going to win some money? Yeah. So tomorrow we've got uh, Sheffield United and Aston Villa. That's on at one o'clock Eastern time. Uh, should be a low scoring game. Um, neither teams really found the net too, too much throughout the year. And especially with a three month layoff, I'm not really too sure that they're going to do the same here. Um, but the three o'clock game is really one that everyone's interested in. It's a Manchester City Arsenal battle. Um, it should be a pretty decently high-scoring game for soccer, as far as that goes. Um, I've got it at three-one Manchester City tomorrow. Um, but yeah, the the guys that I'm really looking at are coming from that three o'clock game. Uh, you can pull more so your defenders on if you're if you're playing on Fanduel uh, from that one o'clock game. You've definitely got some clean sheet potential between both teams. Um, but as far as that three o'clock game, Kevin De Bruyne for me on both sides, I, I think Rich would agree is probably going to be a lock. Um, F- Fanduel based Sergio Aguero is up there for me as well uh, on DraftKings, where p- crosses, um, stats of that nature really change the aspect of how you got to play each lineup. Uh, he's really goal dependent or shot dependent, as mm-hmm. you do get points for missed shots and everything of that nature. But yeah, Kevin De Bruyne is definitely my number one play tomorrow easily. I love it. And that's going to be a lot of fun. Rich, what about you? What are you seeing tomorrow's slate that uh, you're looking, you're licking your chops? Uh, I pretty much agree with most of that analysis. Um, the first game, you know, I think my favorite play is Dean Henderson, the goalie for, uh, you know, Sheffield. You know, again, that's a low scoring game. You know, you could turn to some of the uh, defenders on FanDuel. They're cheap, but you know, outside of that, not a lot of interest. Um, that last game, so I agree in regards to DraftKings that Kevin De Bruyne is a no-brainer, number one. Um, you know, put him in a cash game, put him in a captain spot, you know, and go from there. Um, just because the format, you know, between cross, he handles basically he handles all the set pieces for Manchester City. He sends in a lot of crosses. He's the main facilitator, so to speak. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, good chance of an assist. And in that format, um, you know, he just does very well. Fanduel, I think you can make more of an argument. One interesting thing I noticed uh, between um, the scoring format for Bundesliga and EPL is when they implemented Bundesliga, FanDuel basically revised the format so you get 0.5 per cross and they took away chances created. And it worked to the detriment of these, uh, you know, a player like a Kevin De Bruyne who, you know, basically acts as like an offensive facilitator. Um, however, for EPL, they basically left the format the same as last year. So you don't get any points for crosses, but you still get the three for chances created. So that sort of helps him out, you know, Does because I was ready to fade him on FanDuel if uh, they had switched formats. But I think I still, you know, FanDuel, I, I almost lean Aguero first, uh, just because the goals are just so important. And you get five points, uh, you know, per shot on goal. But I, I think, you know, no matter, you know, which, um, you know, Man City guys you're playing, it's probably the, some combination of uh, De Bruyne, Aguero, uh, Sterling, Mares, you know, some three of those guys and, you know, maybe some defensemen, something like that. It should be fun, man. I'm very excited because I know when I hop in the Discord chat, tomorrow morning to put in my lineups both of you will be there i know you both have like real jobs and you have things to do but uh i appreciate your dedication to what you do again discord's free for a couple days so come make some money with us that's why we're here again austin article is already free up on the site 
So we have games tomorrow. We have games on Friday. So we'll probably bring one of you back, if not both of you, maybe. I don't know. Well, C and I will have to talk afterwards to see how we really like this four-man, this quad box we got going on for any of our uh, fantasy football friends out there. What's up, Sia? Um, if, if I could just pipe in, I have, I have two very important things to say. Uh, one is I like the quad box. Yep. And two, we didn't talk about Christian Ronaldo or how handsome he is, and that's a little disconcerting. Oh, we're, not t- we're not talking about Cristiano Ronaldo at all. Actually, I, when I say weekend as far as uh, wins and losses, and I think that was one hit I took on Friday. They were absolutely terrible. Um, they, they went up a man. They, yeah, they were up a man, I think, most of the game, like 80 minutes or something, and just uh, he missed the penalty kick. It was a nightmare. So, Yes. So, Ronaldo, you, I don't say Bayer Leverkusen, and you don't say Cristiano Ronaldo. <laughs> that's fair rich i'll give shake you that hands. shake hands gentlemen that's that, that's a good fight right there um no yeah uh rich rich and i were uh, i think that was on friday he was he was uh chatting me up in discord he's like hey you got to do this and i was like all right okay okay i'll throw in like a three dollar lineup or whatever and i'm not really paying attention i'm getting ready for the serious show the next day that c and i do sun saturday uh saturdays and sunday seven to nine there's our plug there see i think we're getting good at this and um yeah, and all of a sudden I see we're in the money. I was like, oh, sweet, cool. And I go back to doing my thing, and then I just get like eight messages from Rich in a row. Son of a bitch, what's going on? I <laughs> just lost some money, just like over and over again. I'm just laughing because I put in like three bucks. I'm sure Rich put in a couple more dollars than I did, but <laughs> it was pretty fun. And so, um, so in terms of, so let's talk a little bit. So, Rich, I know you're a little bit more on the betting side. Austin, I don't know if you you have any plays that you're really liking for for the uh, the upcoming slate. But it sounds like Rich in every single one of your parlays that you're going to do, Liverpool winning. I'm assuming it's like minus ten thousand, but it's already in, right? So, no. No, it's crazy. Um, so Austin, I think, was on most of the stuff I was on today. Um, you know, we yep. went out on a limb. We took uh, Barcelona over here, Bayern Munich. The Bayern Munich game actually gave us a bit of a sweat. Um, it really could have went either way to hit the end there. Um, you know, they lost a man with about 10 minutes left, and uh, there was one Manuel Neuer save that, you know, basically I had a heart attack. Um, but, you know, beyond that, uh, Man City, you know, really, truly came out at minus 290. I think they're about minus 310, minus 315 now. Um, I never call Man City lock. You know, as Austin said, it should be a high-scoring game. Um, they've had some defensive um, lapses over the course of the year. One thing that should help them improve defensively is the return of center back, Imer Laporte. Um, he had been injured most of the year, so... You know, I don't know if single-handedly he's going to help make the difference there. Um, but, you know, when Man City likes to press forward, and a lot of time it leads them to set on a counterattack. And Arsenal has good scores. Um, you have um, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, who was right up there for the goal-scoring lead in the EPL last year, the Golden Boot. So, I mean, definitely, uh, you know, they can attack too. So, But I think it's fair. You know, have them around a minus 310. But as you were sort of getting at, probably my favorite EPL bet, you know, of the weekend is Liverpool coming in. Uh, you said minus a thousand, minus one sixty-seven, right now, which I think is just absolutely insulting. Um, you know, considering they were absolutely dominant um, up until February, they they were undefeated in the EPL, um, they, and, and undefeated with um, just one tie. The rest all wins up until they met up with Watford and uh, lost that title. So um, this Everton team they're playing against is a rival. Um, they're from the Liverpool area. It's a Merseyside Derby is what it's called. Um, but keep in mind, Liverpool is a much better team. Um, for example, during the FA Cup, which uh, Liverpool didn't take too seriously. And I think we sort of touched on a previous episode about the FA Cup and the domestic competitions um, that sort of happened in all these leagues. Um, but they played, Liverpool played a second team with guys who are like 17 years old and, you know, never play. And they beat the Everton first team one nothing. 
So, I mean, for them to be a minus 167 favorite, you know, fully rested, everything, um, you know, I think that's going to be minus 220, minus 230 by the time we hit Saturday, at least. So, yeah. oh, so let's uh, see, let's make some money this weekend. Yeah, yeah I'm down. I agree with that. Uh, that Liverpool line is honestly insulting. That's They're roughly six points away from the title. Um, unfortunately, I believe it's Tuesday next week. Uh, if they were to win this Saturday, they would be playing my team, Crystal Palace. Uh, and I believe that clinches the title. Uh, if they were to win that, if were, were to win those two games. Uh, and that comes with a lot of weight. Uh, both teams are going to probably play their hearts out. Um, I understand that there's no fans, but this is kind of where I touched on Man City in the article a little bit, is Man City, if you almost watch them play, it's like they're training all the time. When they go up one nothing, 2-0, uh, you kind of just see them playing possession, playing playing the ball very well. one twos are, I mean, brilliant between Mares, Aguero, De Bruyne, Sterling. Um, and I think you're going to see that attacking for tomorrow. Um it's, it's going to feel like it's literally a training session for them. And Arsenal's back line has been very shaky. And Rich is right. Laporte is back. Um, and so I don't think we're going to see Fernandinho on that back line anymore. And he's always been more of a central defensive midfielder. So that's going to give them more of a boost defensively. Um, you might see him centrally in the midfield, Fernandinho. But I don't think we're going to see him in the back line. And I think Man City might be a lot more defensively sound tomorrow. So that minus – I got them at minus 315. Um Maybe it goes down a little bit for somebody else, but I kind of think I'd see it more leaning minus 330, minus 340 uh, by by game time tomorrow. But yeah, minus 167 on Liverpool, I will definitely be hammering that. There we go. Hammer it. Let's go, everybody. Make some money. Free money. I, I mean, I'm not going to actually say that. That's probably a silly thing to say. But <laughs> Rich and Austin, our two soccer aficionados, our soccer pros, they believe it's free money. So you guys said it. I'm just kind of paraphrasing, I guess, for lack of a better term. And then so one thing that's always fun about the EPL and with this in particular, we are smashing a boatload of games into a very small period of time, I think. Right. Everybody still has like nine or ten games to play. They're going to do it in what feels like, I don't know, 35, 40 days or something, which is a significant amount of time. I know now they're allowed more substitutions and there's obviously going to be a lot of health protocols. Naturally, we want all these people to stay healthy. We want them to stay happy. In terms of the amount of games coming up, what are you guys looking for? Austin, we'll start with you. In terms of these players and kind of just paying attention, especially to their prices, especially to substitutions and, and who's going to play and how long they're going to play. What are you really make, making sure that you're really locked into, you know, an hour, two hours up to lead of, of the slate locking for some of these specific players? Yeah, I think uh, one of the first things I'm going to look at is uh, definitely large favorites. Uh, typically, you would see them maybe go 85 80 to 85 minutes, let's say if like a Man City were to play like a Watford and they're up 3-0, something of that nature. I don't think we see that as much this time. I think if they were to go up 2-0, 3-0, I think they're only going to go 65-70. So that's definitely going to bring down your minutes a little bit. These first five or these five substitutions are definitely going to change the way that a lot of teams play. And for a team like Liverpool, Manchester City, United's benches and his strong as the others but we'll we'll throw throw them in there chelsea uh those benches are going to be a lot stronger than say 
an Aston Villa's, a Sheffield United's, even as well as they performed, um, a Crystal Palace, uh, some, something of that nature. So the bench is going to definitely play a very big aspect. I think we've seen it in a lot of La Liga and Bundesliga games so far. A lot of players are coming off the bench and scoring. Those fresh legs, I mean, defenders are worn out after 70 minutes. They haven't played in three months. It's, it's definitely going to change things. So making sure that your set piece takers are going to probably be on for a big 90 minutes is very important. But as long as they can hit value or exceed it by the time they come off, that's that's definitely the biggest thing. That's exactly what we're looking for. Rich, what, uh, what are some of the things that you're paying attention to um, with, you know, just this weird setup that we have? Uh, you know, I mean, one thing I want to pay a lot of attention to is Manchester City. Um, and the reason why is because Liverpool's already eliminated from the Champions League. Um, Tottenham, they got their asses kicked. They got eliminated. Um, Chelsea is facing a 3-0-3 deficit to Bayern Munich uh, with a return leg in Germany. So I would say their chances are not looking up. So basically, Manchester City is the EPL's only hope. And um, one thing I want to note is we have an issue um, regarding a potential ban for the next few years for Manchester City. Um, right now, it's under appeal. Um, now, we do have two lawyers on, on this uh, you know, show right now, um, but I don't think either of us are in a position to analyze you know, um, the status of you know, whether Man City disclosed everything or not privy to you know, all the discovery in that case. Uh, but nonetheless, um, you know, that's going to be big there. You know, I think by July or something, mid-July or something, we get a decision on that. Um, and if that, that ban is upheld, they're gone from Champions League for the next three years. Um, so they, that could have a catastrophic effect, um, you know, on their entire team. I would expect if that were to happen, uh, Kevin De Bruyne, um, you know, probably gone. Um, Aguero, at his age, I would think he's probably gone. Um, and you, you probably, you know, have a younger team with guys like Gabriel Jesus, um, you know, Sterling might stick around. I mean, just basically younger core. Um, so their, their entire team might get shattered, um, you know, depending on the weight of that decision. But I just want to see what sort of form they're in. Um, you know, they had a sort of disappointing year. Um, you know, I think everyone expected more of them. There are a lot of letdowns and stuff. And, you know, they have a golden opportunity to really reset things, you know, with the coronavirus break, you know, come out there and, and establish, you know, a new tone. They can sort of lead forward in Champions League because last I checked at the odds, um, the odds makers actually technically had them the favorites. Now, you know, I think we, as we sort of discussed earlier, for me, I would go Bayern Munich. I think the level of consistency and, uh, and just everything they've shown, you know, eclipses Manchester City um, by a lot. You know, I see teams like Manchester City and PSG as, you know, they have all the talent in the world, but they're super inconsistent. Um, so, you know, if they show up to a Champions League game and Neymar is gone after 10 minutes, he gets a red card or, you know, Manchester City gives up two calls like the first 10 minutes or something. You know, I'm not shocked either way if something like that happens. Um, but I want to see, you know, if, if – They've regrouped. They've got everything together, and they could come out looking like they once did. Like they once did. I like that. And yeah, I think um, one thing we think, I, one thing I know Sia can sign off on as a lawyer is that Cristiano Ronaldo is not nearly as attractive as he is. So I think that's the only thing that we need to. You can it's turn your close, mic back off, man. Sia. You're good. Got the same hair. <laughs> Super close. The hair slicked back there. It's close, but I'm pretty sure you got it. You got it by a mile, but at least I'm I'm rooting for you. I don't know how much my girlfriend is, but. I'm rooting for you, and I think that's important. So we, you brought it up a little bit, Rich, and that's something I definitely want to talk about. I think the Champions League is one of the coolest things in all of sports, right? You take the, all these leagues, and you just say, screw it. Here you go, guys. Who wants more money? It's soccer, right? I mean, what what goes better with soccer than corruption and money? I think it's perfect. So we have the Champions League that's coming together. We have the end, as you were kind of talking about, of the uh, current iteration of the Champions League that's going to be moving forward. And um, 
I'll let you guys explain it because I don't want to get it wrong. And, and Rich, we'll start with you. What exactly does it look like? Because the way I've heard it described is it's like we're in like a like a World Cup style, like knockout tournament moving forward. And it's going to happen in like 12 days. We're going to have like 10 games. And I cannot wait. So normally how under, you know, non-coronavirus circumstances, you would have to basically um, you have the group stages, which are 32 um, you know, two teams from each group advance, and you have the round of 16, which is a leg at home, a leg away. Um, you know, tiebreakers come down to uh, the number of away goals. Over home goals would be, you know, tiebreaker, and if we tie from there, it would be extra time. Uh, but usually you have the home leg, away leg, and that's basically the setup where that second leg is the most important usually. Um, you know, that's the elimination game. But so when everything, you know, basically cut off, um, they were in the middle of the round of 16, um, you know, four teams already eliminated, and you still have the other four, um, you know, second leg games to go. Um, but basically what they're going to do is they're going to have those games um, actually in the home stadiums. So there will be no fans, but, you know, for example, Real Madrid still has to finish off against Manchester City. Um, they would have their turn leg there at the Etihad where Manchester City's home. Um, you know, so basically they'll, they'll at least, you know, ensure some fairness like that. And then afterwards, um, they're going to be headed to Portugal. Um, so for the round of eight and beyond, every single round is just going to be played there. Um, you know, I believe they do have to, you know, have to double check. I believe there's still is two legs up. Um, maybe Austin can clarify that for me. I'm pretty sure they still do have. I mean, it almost doesn't make sense, uh, you know, because you don't have any home and away. Um, you know, I have to double check whether it's a single game knockout or double game knockout. Uh, but nonetheless, you know, from there. Um, you know, after these remaining four round of 16 games are decided, they're going to ran, randomly assign um, the rest of the games. And, yeah, then we basically have a knockout tournament from there, um, you know, with teams like Manchester City, PSG, Bayern Munich, Barcelona, um, event, Cristiano Ronaldo, my favorite in Juventus, of course. Um, so, I mean, it's really anyone's bowl game. I mean, really the only elite team that was knocked out was Liverpool. That's going to be so much fun. I can't wait. For some reason, I thought it was single elimination. So maybe that's on me. I'll take I'll take that back if I'm wrong. But Austin, what are you what are you looking forward to? I mean, and I know it's a very short amount of time, which I think is going to be the fun part. They're just smashing all these games in at once. Let's go. But Austin, what are you looking forward to? Yeah, that's uh, one of the things that I'm definitely I, I love. I love as far as soccer goes, the nonstop action. So if we're going to see all these games in a short period of time, I'm definitely all for it. The only thing that I'm definitely going to be worried about is the fitness of some of these players. Uh, how serious are teams going to be taking this? Such as, I mean, Chelsea's down 3-0 going to Bayern Munich. Well, yeah. With the, yeah. With, kinda. Yeah. Uh, how much of a full team are they going to put out there? I mean, I, I know that they're going to put out a full team, but how long are they going to play knowing that given the 60th minute, if nothing changes, they're, they're going home. If it's 1-0, they're already down essentially 5-0 due to the three away goals that Byron scored at Chelsea. Um, so most of these teams, other than, I mean, we've got Juventus st- still has a home leg to play. Uh, Atalanta is very exciting to see uh, going to the final eight. It's a team you, I, Rich, I don't know if you could tell me the last time they were in the Champions League final eight. I've never seen that. There have been, but they I don't agree with you there, man. I mean, Atalanta, they can put up goals. I mean, we saw it. Um, you know, Ilicic and Lopez, Gomez, I mean, you know, all these guys, um, you know, I mean, given the choice, you know, between uh, some of the lesser teams and Leipzig, I know who I'd want. That's for yeah. sure. And especially with Timo Warner, who is vowing not to play. He, oh, oh, that's interesting. 
He uh, came out today, I believe, and said on Sky. It was reported on Sky Sports. He is not playing in the Champions League anymore. He will continue out uh, on the Bundesliga, which I think is kind of a slap in the face to uh, Leipzig. Um, but it, it's partially understandable. But let's say, for example, Chelsea doesn't make the top four. Uh, and that's very, very possible with the table. Um, I don't know. I'd, I would always be fighting for that Champions League title. There's a, there's a lot of money there. Um, yeah. I'm sure Mr. Warner is going to be just fine, but I don't know. Personally, why doesn't he play? He can give us the money. We can split it between each other. We promise to put all the money into DraftKings and FanDuel, and we'll bet it all, and we'll make more money. We'll give him his back, and then we'll split the rest. How's that sound, guys? It's fair to me. Thumbs up all around. Awesome, dudes. Well, hey, thank you very much to the two of you, uh, both our soccer writers. Rich, where can everyone find you on the interwebs? Uh, JFan303 on Twitter, and I'm available on Discord. Rich is always available on Discord. Austin, how about you, man? And then I'm at AustinHAR17 on Twitter, and I'm always available on Discord as well. Always available on Discord. Gentlemen, thank you very much. I'm excited to put in a couple lineups tomorrow with both of your help. And, yeah, it's going to be fun. EPL's back, baby. Thank you both for coming on. Appreciate it, guys. Thanks, guys. Awesome, dude. Let's get some soccer. Let's go. Are you excited? You and Cristiano, how's that sound? I uh, I can't stop thinking about Austin losing that Morikawa bet <clears throat> because, you know, we're all in the Discord. We're sweating our... First of all, he didn't lose twelve hundred dollars. By the well, way, but I'm sorry, I have to I have to talk about this. He had he stood to win twelve hundred, and Morikawa should have won the tournament. I mean, you put he put I think twenty twenty five bucks on a on a like a fifty to one shot. Man, that's a tough pill to swallow. Sorry, I know we were talking about soccer, but now I just can't stop thinking about that. I was gonna say you were you were all quiet. You looked very introspective over there, and uh, yeah, it kind of makes sense why you're just. And yeah, I know he didn't lose the twelve hundred dollars. It's semantics, man. If I got that far, if I was in the playoff, if I was up, or if I had any chance like that, I lost that twelve hundred bucks. So yeah, that's thank fair. you so much to Rich and Austin for coming on our resident soccer writers. We do appreciate the heck out of both of them. Uh, so we had a lot of lot of soccer talk, and they're probably one of them is going to be coming back because we have a lot of EPL coming up and they're really good at what they do and they help us win money. So we're going to keep bringing them back if they keep doing that for us. So we do have a couple more minutes here on the wind daily show. We're going to be talking about some of the NBA news that has come down the pipe in only the last couple hours. Um, so Sia, I don't think you've even seen some of this, so I'm going to get to read this out loud. I don't know if you've checked the notes. I hope you haven't. Cause I think it'd be more fun this way. Don't look at the notes. I'm going to okay. read some stuff for you. Tweets from Shams. And I'm just going to let you react and tell me what you think about some of this stuff. So first off, we had the Kyrie Irving phone call. Uh, this was, I think, a Woj bomb, not a sham wow. So I just want to clarify that. Appreciate both of them and what they do. But it came out that, you know, Kyrie has been calling all these players and some players are like super into it and very appreciative and everything that he's doing. And then so many other people are coming out. It's like, no, Kyrie's really, he's trying to do something good. He's really trying to, like, yes, he's saying let's not play, but it's because of very good reason. We have this platform. We have something to do. Let's take advantage of it, which I think is an incredible way of going about it of course sports are one of the least things we need right now i mean it's we need sports but at the same time it is not necessary we can all agree upon that and then it comes out today that Kyrie actually in a group chat with the his nets teammates decided that he wants to start his own basketball league that's outside of the nba and outside of this uh orlando bubble so um Sia, uh, would you want Kyrie Irving to be the commissioner of this new startup basketball league? I don't want Kyrie to be in charge of anything, and I don't want him to act as the ambassador for the players. I think everything, 80% of what he says, you know, historically is 
totally out of left field and is kind of ridiculous. And so I, I don't, first of all, I don't think he's speaking for the majority of the, the NBA players when he says, you know, we, we shouldn't do this because of the movement. Frankly, I think doing this expands the movement because it gives all of these players a bigger platform, you know, more TV time, post-game, pre-game, during the game, you know, whether to take a stand during an anthem or a post or pre-game interview, you know, it's not all about people in Kyrie's position. That's what he has mm-hmm. to understand. There's other people that don't have the platform that Kyrie has that want to get their voices heard too. And sometimes Twitter isn't enough to do that. Or the so. money. You know, some of these guys actually have to make these checks. I know Kyrie's making, what, 30-something million dollars, I think twenty high $20 million. A lot of the dudes, I mean, I know we kind of joke about how much NBA players makes, but there's, you know, positions 10 through 15 on the bench that aren't really making like copious amounts of money and probably aren't going to be in the NBA for very long. That's why they're so far down. They need those paychecks. And there's people that like are actually going to play in the playoffs. If it happens, Kyrie's not doing that. Neither is KD. They know the Nets don't have a chance. So easy for him to say, Hey, let's, let's, you know, focus on this instead of this. The, The reality is you can focus on both. No, we don't need sports. But yes, sports can help expand the platform that you are trying to, you know, or, or the 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 cause that you are trying to advance. So I just and and by the way, because if this was coming from LeBron or somebody else mm-hmm. that has just been really all about a the movement and b just you know being an ambassador to the sport in a good way, if it was coming from somebody like that or like a a Tim Duncan type or somebody like that, I would be I would listen a little bit harder. But Kyrie, I just, you know, I'm normally shaking my head at stuff he says, and, and that has continued today. Let's go Duke, baby. Let's go Duke. Um, I think what, so one thing that also came out with this is a lot of players want the NBA to do something for the movement, for the Black Lives Matter movement, for the protests. In it, Nothing has come out yet. I don't think at least when we started the show, when I was putting together the notes, nothing has came out. But a lot of these players are saying, hey, like if we're going to do this, we need like a specific thing that's going to happen, whether that's a before the game, whether that's a during the game, whether that's, you know, pregame, postgame kind of teleconference type thing. So something will happen. And I think it's a great idea. And yeah, this is a much bigger platform, right? Like there's you're going to get way more people to pay attention if you are playing than if you're not playing. It's just kind of uh, just eyeballs at that point. So exactly like, why wouldn't you? all eyes will be on the NBA for that time period for like a two to three month time period. I mean, you literally can advance any cause that you want because all eyes will be on you without it. You know, you still have eyes on you to some degree, whether it's Twitter or if you're super famous like Kyrie or LeBron, but you know, that doesn't go for everybody. This is a, this is really frankly a perfect time. I think for the NBA to, to act. It's perfect because baseball is too stupid to get out of their own way. So they're not even going to be playing and it's just going to be the NBA and some NHL, which I'm very excited about. But let's be very frank, not nearly the amount of people watch the NHL than the NBA. And I don't think the casual fan is going to gravitate to the NHL. I'm sure they'll watch both, but I'm confident more casual fans will gravitate to the NBA. So I think that's interesting. And Dwight Howard also had some comments. Um, what do you, I guess... How do you feel about them? And do you think this will be concerning? Because it was kind of along the same line as Kyrie, like, hey, we shouldn't be doing this right now. Now, I know he's kind of washed up, but he's actually been kind of important to the Lakers this year. Um, so I think, you know, how, how do you feel this will affect the team, the locker room, the chemistry? I mean, LeBron's there, right? So I don't think it'll be that big a deal. Yeah, first of all, I'm I'm surprised by his comments because this is so he's so close to chasing a championship. And and you know, he's always had the rap, you know, even from Kobe where it was like, uh, Dwight doesn't take basketball seriously enough. And, and, and by the way, 
I understand that there's more serious things than sports, but I also understand that every single precaution that you could possibly have is in place thanks to our commissioner and to a bunch of other people that are that are trying to get this thing going. So I, I'm trying to figure out where the concern is coming from, and I just I'm just not 100% sure. So I, I was a little discouraged by those comments because I think, again, whether we're talking about the movement or whether we're talking about safety, I think the NBA has has a really good you know, head start on all of those things. And mm. so I, I was, I thought it was curious. I don't think it's a big deal. I think Dwight Howard was kind of just talking. Um, and he's the type of guy that if he's in a certain mood, you know, he says one thing and if he's in a different mood, he says another thing. So I like Dwight Howard, but I think the Lakers are going to be fine. And I think uh, the team chemistry is going to be great. Yeah. I think again, having someone like LeBron there, like if he's on the nets, I think it's a different conversation because he has someone like Kyrie in his ear, just instigates probably not the best word to say because again we understand where he's coming from at least in some capacity but yeah i think having lebron there everything's going to be fine uh he's he's going to quell the situation and and everything's going to be just fine and um so this weekend on sirius xm uh channel 217 channel 87 if i'm not mistaken 210 87 there we go i think i got it it's fantasy sports radio uh on the sunday show seven to nine we had our friend leonard armado he he joins us every weekend you and uh you and jason and he was going in on you for a little while. I was listening and he, I mean, I think Jason asked the question poorly, so we're going to blame it on him, but he's really going in on you there for a little second. And I thought that was kind of funny. So anyone who doesn't know Leonard Armato, first off, uh, Jason interviewed him for the wind daily show podcast. So check back out there. Uh, great interview with what he's done. He was Shaquille O'Neal's agent. He was some agents to, he, he, uh, um, Olajuwon's agent, if I'm not mistaken, as well. Like this dude represented some of the most incredible basketball players, and he comes from such a great, great place. Meaning, he was always looking out to help the players, which I really, really appreciate about him. But man, he was he was taking shots at you this weekend. That was yeah, fun. you know, first of all, I don't know if you mentioned Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. That was his first yes. client. Okay, um, thank you. So yeah, so we were talking about the, the age old thing. You know, who's better, LeBron or <clears throat> well, the age old thing is LeBron or, or Michael Jordan. But we were talking about LeBron versus Kevin Durant, and so the way the question was posed to him was in a one on one game, mm -hmm. which I would actually tend to agree Kevin Durant would yeah. probably win that. But my perspective on on the analysis of that that you know one on one was not a literal one on one on one. It was like a who would you want to start your team with? He was like the better team, you know, the better player on a team. So no, but he definitely was like, hey, hey, see, you gotta. You know, you got to open up your mind a little bit, You're very yeah. closed mind. And then I was like, no, no, no. But I was I was thinking of it like this. And he was like, oh, OK, I take everything back. I'm sorry. Yeah. He's like, well, if you ask me the question like that and you're like, yeah, well, if I asked the question, it would have been done correctly. <laughs> but Jason asked, so what do you want from me? So I so thought that me, was pretty cool. But yeah, Michael, let me let me say like to, to those that are listening, uh, whether they're listening now or on the podcast, like, you know, Meltzer on Saturday with you and Jason on Sirius XM and, and Leonard Armato with us, you know, they're on for like a segment or two. And their stories and, and the places that they're coming from are so different. So when people tune in to like, you know, kind of like regular sort of talk radio, for lack mm -hmm. of a better way to say it, you know, you get your analysis. You know, for us, we do things a little bit different in general. You know, we're giving you picks and plays and things we like, stock up, stock down, fantasy football, you know, or fantasy whatever and, uh, you know, betting and all that stuff. So we make it different anyway. But these guys come with such stories, like for example, uh, Armado was talking about a story that he literally said on the radio this last Sunday, I've never told this to anybody. And it was about him and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar sitting in Kareem's house and Jerry Buss, the owner of the Lakers, calling him and saying, hey, I wanna pay Kareem a ton of money, but he has to go out there and prove it in the finals. And he went out the next game and scored 36 points and got 18 rebounds and then got paid, I think, um, 
bus promised to make him the highest paid player ever. And that's exactly what happened. And Leonard's like, yeah, I never told you this story, but you know, I got, you know, I got on the phone with bus and I told Jabbar and Jabbar was like, Oh, he's awesome. And he went out and did this. And I'm like, man, this is really amazing stuff. We talked about the magic Johnson documentary that's coming out. So mm-hmm. there is, there's not only a lot to learn on, on our radio shows, in my opinion, or a lot to discuss uh, a lot to pontificate on, but like, there's stories that even you and me are mm-hmm. surprised by on a weekly basis. It is. So you got, I mean, so much fun. you really got to tune in. I mean, again, it's seven to nine, uh, at least for now, it's seven to nine, Sirius XM, channel 87 or 210. I guess it's, if you just have Sirius, it's 210. If you have Sirius XM, it's, it's channel 87, the fantasy mm-hmm. sports channel. So yeah. uh, seven to nine, Saturday and Sunday, everybody's got to tune in. It's, it's exciting stuff, honestly. It is awesome. And this weekend, we should also be having another legend in the New York City area. Brandon Steiner is going to be coming on the show, hanging out with me and uh, Jason for a segment, which will be fun. So we get to talk about baseball. Haven't talked about it too much today. Don't really want to because I'm just more angry than anything. Probably going to be angry again on saturday as well so uh just a couple more things on nba there's been a few things as i said you haven't seen these yet unless you're lying to me and i really hope co-hosts don't lie to each other so i'm gonna go with the assumption that you have not so we have the bubble situation down shams gave us a couple sham wows i always love that so july 22nd through the 29th teams will play three scrimmage games against other nba teams residing in their same hotel the hotels are broken down by seating so you, this is in Orlando, which is much closer to you than it is to me. And I don't really know anything about these hotels. I don't know if you've been to Disney World or if you know anything. So you, maybe you have a little insight for us. So the Grand Destino, the Bucks, Lakers, Raptors, Clippers, Celtics, Nuggets, Jazz, and Heat will be staying at. The Grand Floridian, Thunder, 76ers, Rockets, Pacers, Mavs, Nets, Grizzlies, Magic. And then the Yacht Club is the Blazers, Kings, Pelicans, Spurs, Suns, and Wizards. So each of these teams will be playing a scrimmage against one of the teams in their hotel and their hotels are by seeds. So these scrimmage games are going to be pretty nuts. I mean, we can have the Lakers versus the Bucks, the Clippers versus, you know, the Celtics, some of these games that we might actually see in the finals. Do you think this is a good idea? I, I mean, I don't know how else they would do it. I think it's a good idea. I, I'm wondering, are the scrimmages going to be televised? Do you know? I, I did not see that. I really probably hope. not. But that would be really cool. But man, that would be cool. And so do you know anything about these hotels at all? Are are you familiar with any of them? You know, I've been to Disney a few times. I couldn't even tell you the names of the hotels I've stayed at. My guess is they're staying at the, like, obviously the upper echelon hotels. So uh, my guess is I haven't stayed at those, but. (sighs) Not yet. Yeah, not yet. Well, talk to me after after Sunday when I I win the the Millie Maker in uh, DraftKings. That's exactly what I was just about to say. So I thought that was kind of cool. It's interesting, though, how they're. I just think that, you know, you think it'd be Western Conference, Eastern Conference or some capacity, but, you know, by seating and then the scrimmage game. So you really can't show too much, right? Like it's going to be a really interesting. I'm curious how some of these teams are going to play it. I agree with you. It's probably not going to be televised, but what they're going to do, the ESPN smart, Disney, NBA smart, they're going to absolutely cover this in cameras. They're not going to show any of it to us. And 15 years later, they're going to be like, hey, you guys remember those scrimmages? Well, you know, LeBron and Kawhi never met up in the finals, but goddamn, you should have watched that. That was, and they're totally just going to turn it into another documentary. Absolutely. I'm going to watch every second of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so in these hotels, I agree with you. It's probably a little bit nicer. So some of the amenities, uh, players only round ra- lounge that will have NBA 2K TV and games, <laughs> uh, pool and trails. Don't really know what that means. I know pool. Not sure what trails means. They're going to have barbers, manicurists, and pedicurists. A 24-hour VIP concierge. Daily entertainment, meaning movie screenings, DJ sets, uh, video games, ping pong tables, pool, and lawn games. And players will be allowed to attend 
other basketball games. So there will be fans. It'll just be the other team's players. I mean, yeah, those amenities sound pretty sweet. When has an NBA player gotten a chance to like literally sit in the stands and watch an right? NBA game, whether it's a scrimmage or not? Like that's got to be like a really cool feeling. The, la- the the only image I can think of is in the NCAA tournament when yep. you have like the final four and you're waiting for your game or whatever, and you're just sitting there watching the game before you. Like that, which by the way, when I see that, I think that's really cool for the college kids. So I, you know, honestly, this is. I, you know, knowing that that, sa- that safety precautions are being taken, um, you know, obviously something can slip through the cracks here. But uh, assuming this is a safe thing, I really think this is is going to be an amazing time for the NBA. I think it's going to be awesome. Yes, yeah, seeing like the the Celtics and whoever the heck, or again, I'm really really crossing my fingers for that Jimmy Butler 76ers game, and then just mm-hmm. having everybody in the stands openly yelling at the 76ers <laughs> and cheering for Jimmy Butler, that would just be incredible, man. I would I would watch that all day long. Um, and uh, some more sources, obviously, NBA players have been informed that anyone who leaves the Orlando campus without prior approval will be subject to 10 to 14 day quarantine, a reduction in compensation for the missed games and enhanced testing. Uh, and it says in parentheses, deep nasal swab. So they're not messing around. Do not, they are absolutely not allowed to leave. And again, taking all the precautions we can. So we really do appreciate that. And then the last thing, NBA players have been notified that if any player who chooses not to play in the resumed 1920 season must notify his team by July or June 24th, it, no one will be um, penalized for this, but it will come with a salary reduction, which makes sense. Again, I don't know who or how many players are going to do that, but just a little interesting note there from Shams. How do you feel about those last two things? That sounds perfectly reasonable. I think if you don't feel comfortable playing, you shouldn't play. Absolutely. And I, I can understand a salary reduction to some degree. That I mean, it sounds like they're going to give them some compensation regardless, which yeah. is kind of cool, but it's just going to be a reduced compensation. So all of that makes sense. I, I, you know, I think from a commissioner standpoint, you want to have like somebody like me or you or any sort of fan being like, well, that seems fair. And all of this seems fair. And all the safety precautions seem to be in place. You know, nothing's bulletproof. Nothing's, you know, you can't, you can't mm-hmm. rid the Orlando area of every possible issue. But here we are, they're taking every precaution. I mean, I just, I'm excited about it. I, I mean, I, I genuinely am. And it starts the phase one is having the Raptors come down from Canada. So they will be coming down before everybody else just to, I guess, double check, make sure, keep everyone separate. And then the rest of the teams will start coming in and then those scrimmages will start and then the games will start. And we got real sports back, man. I guess. Hey, 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 hey. I know. I know. Bad way to say it. Bad way to say it. We have a major sport back. Is that okay? Better? I don't know, man. I, playoffs, well, it depends. Playoffs, playoffs. So playoffs. I think there's four major sports. I think they're the yeah. NHL, the NBA, the NFL, and the PGA. Uh-huh. I don't. I knew that was coming. Don't worry. Yeah. Once you once you said that, I knew that was coming. So it's uh, no. I'm not going to talk about baseball today. Uh, but Sia, we appreciate you. Where can everyone find you on the internet? Uh, at Sia Najad, S I A N E J A D on Twitter. And I am Michael Raziel at Michael Raziel one for Sia, for Rich, for Austin, for all of the Wind Daily family. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful night and make it a very profitable night, everybody. 